The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Father, let every ear be anointed and every heart receptive receive all that heaven has today. And we pray this now in your wonderful name. Amen. So this unshakable conference comes to a close really tonight, but the teaching part of it this morning. I started last Sunday on the rock, talking about rocks, the rock of our salvation, which is imperative. Then we did the rock of the word of God, which you have to get a hold of this, very important. Then we did the rock of the blood of Jesus, which non-negotiable the rock of the Holy Spirit, which again, is very important. And then I did eight part series on the rock of the church. And then last night was the rock of faith. And this morning I'm gonna give you final one, which is called the power of the gospel. Can you say amen? So go with me if you would please to Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, and verse 15 through 18. This is Jesus speaking, and he said unto them, Go ye. Everybody said, Ye means me. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any other thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Then I want you to go to the book of Acts, which I believe is the blueprint for the church, the pattern for the church. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos, Apollos was in Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, came finding certain disciples, and he said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, We've not even heard if there was even the Holy Ghost. Now, think about this. If you're traveling around America today and you talk about the Holy Ghost, there's people in churches, by the thousands, I mean, thousands of churches, that the pastors and the people don't even know that there is a Holy Ghost. He said unto what baptism were you baptized? They said unto John's baptism. And then Paul said, John verily baptized of the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And Paul laid his hands upon them, and the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So that's important. That's a, that's a sign that you've got the Holy Ghost. You'll speak in other tongues, you'll get power, and the gifts of the Spirit will be activated. And that's our job. We've got to get people saved, and we need to activate them. Amen. You've got to be activated. You must get activated. We, this is a church that activates people. Are you with me? We can't activate you sitting in a toilet. So if you're in the restroom, hurry up and do your business and get back into service. We can't activate you standing in the lobby. If you're in the lobby, hurry up and get back into service. Now, you think that this was a huge amount of people. It actually wasn't. And all the men were about 12. 12. And they went to the synagogue and spoke boldly for the space of three months. That's every day. Disputing, persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So it doesn't, that, doesn't sound like things were going too well, does it? Hello. This is Paul. Disputing, I don't like a dispute. Persuading, I don't like persuading people. 
Amplified says they were arguing. <laughs> I mean, that's what you do when you preach. You're arguing with nonsense in people's heads. Last night, right after the service, I leave the platform under the anointing. A kid runs up to me with a headband trying to tell me he saw an angel and Michael's actually two angels. I said, it's a lying devil from hell. I'm not even talking to you. He said, well, the, the Holy Spirit will get, reveal new truths. I said, get out of here. You haven't even been in the conference. You would have heard what I said. You saw an angel and he said, Michael's two angels. You're smoking crack. Get out of here. Well, I felt the anointing and saw an angel. I'm sure a squirrel spoke to you too. Sound like a possum spoke to you. Don't argue with me. Remember what I told you this week. There's no prophecy of the scripture of any private interpretation. So if you suddenly had an angel appear to you and tell you nonsense, where's it in the Bible? No, no, it's new stuff. Get out of here. Get out of my house. And they can quote scripture all they want to. The devil quotes scripture. It is written. It is written. Jesus said, yes, it is written. But you won't tempt the Lord your God. I think... I think so many people have been messed up with the new age and all this nonsense and they outside of the word of God and that's why they're going to be led astray and they will be part of the great deception in the final hour. That's why we endeavor to put a firm foundation under people. Don't come up with your own revelation. And then if you look at them, how's that working for you? I've been doing this a long time. It works for me. There's fruit from what we're doing. It's fruit. It's fruit. So when divers were hardened, now divers means different. doesn't mean they were a bunch of frogmen, divers. Well, your sense of humor is running low yet today, but anyway, well, I'll try harder. When divers were hardened, they believed not, but spake evil of the way before the multitude. He departed from them. And then what did he do? He separated himself, took the disciples, disputing daily in the school of Tyrannus. Tyrannus had a school. And the Amplified Classic says this happened every day from 10 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock. Five hours. This is my kind of a meeting. Lord have mercy. I'm like under that. And this continued for a space of two years. What is with modern ministry that things you can go in for one thing and transform a whole? We're going to go in there for three days. We're going to shake the whole city. Uh, no. At best, you're going to have arguments and fights and there's going to be disputing. You have to go in there and you have to set up camp and you have to take over the territory and it's going to probably take you two and three years. And I said it, they've actually got video of me talking to everybody back in um, 2005. And I was probably irritated with what I saw in the conference. Because, you know, we come in Saturday night, preach Sunday morning, off we go. And I actually said, I mean, I could play you the clip. I said, we have never turned the full brunt of the ministry loose on the city. Only God knows what would happen if we turned the full brunt of this ministry loose. And God has allowed us the past two years to totally turn the full brunt and the full force of the river loose on the city. And now look what God is doing. And now look, and it's taken already two years, but you watch, you watch the next remaining months of this year and then watch into 2023. I don't care what goes out there in the world and how the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing, but God has placed the church. God has put the church here. He's, no, we're not the only ones, but if you don't want to let the Holy Ghost move, then I'm telling you, you become redundant. And if you water down the gospel and you remove the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Your church is shaky. It will close again on the next wave that comes through. Whatever new mandates are issued, you will bow. You will kowtow because you didn't stand two years ago. You won't stand again. It's not going to go away, ladies and gentlemen. The stuff they're planning are more hideous than you can ever imagine. We have to, we have to make a stand for the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the only hope for our cities and towns and villages. The solution does not come through a weapon or a gun or a politician or all of those things. The solution comes by the power of the blood of Jesus and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, you think this thing's over. It is not over for the church. This is our finest hour and the power of the gospel shall be unleashed on America and we will see the hand of the Lord manifested. Can you say amen? So this continued for two years so that all that dwelt in Tampa, Florida and Central Florida heard, oh, sorry, I, I said Asia, heard, heard the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So it doesn't matter what nationality, you will hear the word. And then God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body they brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. So that's the power of the gospel where sickness and disease goes from people and evil spirits and diseases come out of them. And an evil spirit sometimes comes like a religious spirit, quoting scripture, a spirit of divination. There's a lot of religious devils floating around. That's why we got the warning sign out there. Welcome to the River Tampa Bay Church. Warning, this church is not recommended for Pharisees, Sadducees, wouldn't sees, couldn't see. This church can be hazardous to your religion. It's not like I didn't warn anybody. We try to warn you. It's like those rides when you go and you have to be that height and it's not recommended for a pregnant woman or if you have a problem with your back. We try to warn them, don't go in there, don't go in there. If you go in there, you're going to get a full dose of the Holy Ghost. And then you might come out here and then you might think you can do anything. You might go out there and you're taking authority and rebuke. And people say, what are you doing? Well, I went down the river church. Oh, no, you didn't go there and get that. You probably think you can win every soul that there is. Oh, yeah. You probably think you can take every mountain. You probably think you can move it. Oh, I'm moving mountains. It makes people, it makes religious people nervous. And then the worst is when you get happy and filled with joy. Because the gospel is good news. So when you, you can't give good news if you don't have it yourself. That's why you see many out there in the ministry, they don't really make it because they have no good news. They have sad news. They have sad news, bad news, mad news. Sad news, bad news, mad news. But you're not going to get good news. Good news. And it must be good news to you first. And then when you receive it freely, you can give it away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This good news is because the power of the resurrection, that resurrection life of Jesus that lives on the inside of you, that resurrection life that sustains you, that, re that, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, quickening you. Though our outward man perish, our inward man is being renewed day by day. Day by day you're being renewed. And that he's taking us from glory unto glory, unto glory. I've had people over the years say, Pastor Ronnie, can you pray for me? I can just hit right now and the Lord can just do it all. Then I have to say, Lord, just kill him and take him home. You couldn't handle God doing everything at one moment. That's why God does it piece by piece. And you grow into him. You grow into him. I want to say this to all the young people. Don't be in a hurry. You'll get there. But you don't have to wait till you're old. But just keep being faithful. And just keep doing what he tells you to do every single day and you'll see his hand and his blessings. 
upon your life. So, the power of the gospel saves, heals, delivers, and sets free. That never changes. All around us as we travel and you bump into people, you're going to meet people. They're not saved. They're sick. They're bound. They're diseased. They're tormented. You carry that power on the inside of you and you have to release that power to them. It would be terrible if you walked by and then you, you actually had the words of life, but you didn't help. It's like the story of the Good Samaritan. He was ble bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road. Religion walked by. The law walked by and did nothing. Too, too messy. I might get mugged. Too messy to get down there. I'm going to get blood all over my clothes. I've got this nice religious robe. I don't want to mess it up. I'm running. I've got some business to do with the, with the, um, the scribes and the Pharisees. But the good Samaritan comes and he gets down. He puts himself in a vulnerable position. That's what we do. We make ourselves vulnerable. We actually put ourselves in harm's way because that's what he told. And we pour in the oil and pour in the wine. The oil and the wine. The oil and the wine. What does that do? That restores your soul. Because the Bible talks about a new wineskin. The only way to get a new wineskin is the animal has to die. Many times the animal doesn't want to die. Are you with me? But you take the old wineskin and you put new wine into it, it'll burst. You have to take that wineskin, soak it in water, which is the word, get soft. Then you come and you rub it, put oil on it, and then you can put the new wine into it after that. So there's a process of taking an old wineskin, and we have, a, we have a record of taking old wineskins. What what's an old wineskin? I've been in the way for 40 years. I've been serving God. Amen. Yeah, we know. You have been in the way. You've blocked the whole way. Nobody can come in because of you. I've been serving God since 1946. Gag me with a spoon. No life. No life. No joy. And, and some of the worst perpetrators are ministers. That's why I don't even like hanging around that. I get around that. They want to talk nonsense. Talk, talk denominationalism. Talk denomalese. I'll tell you what, well, I went down to the district convention there and we spoke to Brother Raymond and they were talking about what the district was deciding on, on the third level of that. Who cares? You mean, that's your discussion? Well, I want to tell you about how people got saved last week. You know, people got healed and lived. Well, I tell you, we were called to go in front of the Sanhedrin, I mean in front of the executive, and they wanted to know. That's your, that's your talk? I'll tell you, they said, if I carried on like that, they'd pull my credentials. Why don't you go down, buy a big jar of Vaseline, take your credentials, send it to them, and tell them to use it as a suppository. You know what a suppository is? It's an enema. And just so you know, that's not my words. Those are the words of the late C.M. Ward, one of the top men in the assemblies of, oh my God. And he got mad one day and he said, I'm done with this. He sent them his credentials and the Vaseline said, use as a suppository. Because that's not the power of the gospel. What they're talking about is religion. We're not here to carry religion. 
Religion is man's vain attempt to reach God. We are to carry the power of the gospel and the power of the gospel must be alive in you. Somebody said it's not pastor like it should. Don't, don't worry about it. Just get it activated and start growing daily in the grace of God and it'll grow in you. The word will come alive in you and you become well-rounded. Well-rounded. You become well-rounded in the things of God. Can you say amen? How many can say with the uplift of the hand just in a couple of two, three, four years that you have stepped into another dimension of the spiritual realm that you never walked in? How many are finding yourself doing things that you wish you could have done 10, 15 years ago, but nobody told you how to do it? And now you're being activated. And what you carry is the power of the gospel, the power of the good news. That when you speak, you're not speaking with empty words. When you're speaking, you're speaking with power. And they even look at you. Who are you? Where are you from? What church you go to? Why do I feel something around you? When you talk, I feel something. I'm feeling something right now. I'm not sure. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the resurrection. That's the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's alive. He loves you. He's coming to wrap his arms around you and transform your life. That's why they attack. They attack it vehemently because they don't want you operating in power. They just want you to be a little nominal Christian. Don't put those hands on anybody. We don't want to offend anybody. If you go lay hands on people, people might start making a noise and devils scream out and then that will embarrass all of us and we're trying to build a nice church here. But if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the book of Acts, that's what happened in the church. Can you say amen? amen. So when the gospel is preached without any ulterior motive, because the gospel is being preached. Even the word says, even if Christ is preached by envy or strife, at least he's being preached. Now, so God has a different way of looking at me. Me, I, I think I don't want Christ preached by envy. I don't want Christ preached by strife. But it would seem that many denominations are in conflict with each other. You go to churches, some cities have churches on every street corner. The one scene, Will there be any stars in my crown? And the other one can hear them and say, no, not one, no, not one. That's how it is. It's a competition. Who has the biggest? You get around a lot of preachers. It's like kids when they were at school and they're trying to see who can pee and make the longest yellow streak in the swimming pool. It's no different. I go to, I go to a minister's meeting and I think, well, all I see is a pee streak there, and a pee streak, yeah, there a streak, there a streak, everywhere a streak, streak. <laughs> so I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. I don't see life, I see death. Everyone's jostling for position. Everyone's come over here. That was a rude awakening to me when I came to America and the meetings, you know, just exploded. And I would be in the back room with all top speakers. And the one calls me over and says, hey, hey, watch out for that guy. I go, oh, okay. And then 10 minutes later, the guy, he warned me about calling me over and said, hey, watch out for that guy. I think, I'm going to watch out for all of y'all. When the gospel is proclaimed, God does a quick work. All it would really take is two years. Well, three months of contention, you know, upheaval. Then you've got to find a place that your own company, which we have the river, and then two years of boom, 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 and then the whole area hears the word of the Lord. Can God do what he did in the book of Acts? I believe he can. Can God shake a whole city? I believe he can. Can God shake a whole region? I believe he can. Can God shake your town, your city, your village, your region, your nation? I believe he can. But it's to the magnitude 
of what I spoke about last night. Little power at work within, little purpose at work without. That power that's at work within is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that carries you, that doesn't change. It's with you. When you rise up, when you lie down, when you come in and go out, they can wake you at 2 o'clock in the morning, you come straight out of bed, and it's the same thing as you were when you were wide awake. Nothing changes. Hallelujah. Fiery, flaming, Holy Ghost, men and women and children. We've got children, or the kids here, they're winning souls, five, six, seven years old. They drive around in a car, tell the mother, stop the car right now. You got a kid, seven, eight years old, stop the car. What are you doing? I need to get that guy over there. Children are being activated. Young people are being activated. Schools are being hit. Universities are being hit by the power of God. Seniors, little gray-haired grannies are being activated. (laughs) Glory to God. Who's going to argue with a gray-haired granny when she's under the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Let me tell you right now. I'll tell you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, blessed Jesus. Thank you, blessed Jesus. So the power of the gospel is seen. It's not just spoken about. Say this after me. The power of the gospel is seen, not just spoken about. That's the problem in the modern church. It's spoken about, but not seen. They talk of concepts they have no understanding of. They talk of time periods long, long time ago. And then they pray, oh God, do it again. Oh God, do it again, Lord. Oh God, do it one more time. Send back those happy, those happy days, you know. Showers of blessings. Showers of blessings we need. Mercy drops round us falling. But for the showers we, I can't even get the voice, played. Four flats. And then the testimony time. This is not the testimony. The testimony is not like what you heard here. The testimony, I remember how it used to be back 1964. We had a move of God back then. And the power of God came and people were baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues and they saw visions. Would to God that they would happen again. Everybody would just pray. People come down here, see if you can grab a hold of the horns of the altar and just pray one more time that God would do it again. And you jump up and say, he can do it right now. Oh no, oh no, yeah. No, let's pray. Let's pray that God would do it one more time. They have no clue. They think the Holy Ghost done gone. The Holy Ghost done left the earth. He ain't, he's moving. He's just not moving in your neighborhood. I was called years ago to come meet with the leaders, all the fathers of so-called revival and whatever. I thought they wanted me there. I said, what do you want me there? But they said, well, you were going before us and so we're gonna have a discussion. So we're sitting around the table. We all met in in Dallas, sitting around the table. And um, so everybody was talking. So they go to the one guy, he talks, the next guy, he talks, the next guy, he talks, and they come around to me. And as I begin to speak, the power of God fell. Boom, and the anointing hit the table, and everybody fell to the guy said, let's pray, let's pray. And they all start praying, and I'm going, okay, all right, go ahead and pray. So they come out of the prayer now. They start talking again, come back to me. I start speaking, the power of God, boom, let's pray, let's pray. See, they don't want to hear. So then it goes around, it comes to me. He said, what do you have to say? So let's pray. <laughs> I have nothing to say because every time I've opened my mouth, you want to pray. So I have nothing to say. Just go ahead and pray because you don't want to hear one word of what I'm going to say. Because when the 
when you speak the gospel, the power of the Holy Ghost comes. And they don't know what to do with that. Because leaders want to control that. And it was always like, what's God saying? Especially, remember when we crossed over to 2000, what's the Lord saying? When I was back, when I started out of the ministry in 1980, there were conferences held in South Africa, 1982, 83, 84, and they were singing songs. We're moving on, we're moving on, we're moving on to the year 2000. It's not by mind, it's not by power, but by my spirit, of the Lord. And all these people standing around, and they're all going to tell you what God's doing. And I'm sitting there listening to this. I thought, this is some of the boringest stuff. I'm not like 18, 19, 20, 21, listening to this drivel. And I said, Lord, really? Seriously? This is it? These are the leaders in the country talking bovine excrement, which I could use for the garden as manure for, you know, bovine excrement. Yeah, they are. Bovine excrement. Somebody said, what's that? It's the stuff that comes out of the back end of a cow. And I said, really, this is what I have to look forward to? And the Lord said to me, they don't know what's going to happen in the year 2000. They've never been there. Man can come up with many ideas, but son, my spirit has already been there. And if you hook up with my spirit, then I'll take you into what I have for you and not into some dead formula, formula that men have come up with. That's why all these think tanks, all these religious think tanks are no different to the Washington DC think tanks because it's all about control. It's all about who's gonna lead. They all wanna find a leader and the jostling for position to see, and that's not how God does it. He doesn't do it that way. Are you with me? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that coordinates the Holy Spirit is the one that moves and, and brings his people. They operate like one. If I yield to the Holy Spirit and you yield to the Holy Spirit, we're all going to flow together. There's not going to be a problem. There will never be a conflict because I'm submitted, you are submitted. We're all going to flow together. And we're going to see the work of God accomplished. Can you say amen? And God's about to do great and mighty things things that people prayed about, things that people dreamed about, things that were prophesied even back at the turn of the last, not this century, but the previous one, and throughout the 20s, the 40s, the 60s, the 80s, it's upon us now, and every one of you are going to be a part of it, carrying the power of the gospel. It's a mobilization of the body of Christ from the littlest child to the oldest saint, and everyone is going to be used, everyone moving in rank and file, no one taking to themselves that which God did not give to them, everyone realizing their place, and as the promotion comes, the anointing makes way for them, and the anointing moves them to the next place, and moves them to the next place and it is so evident that everybody can see it and nobody's going to argue about it. Can you say amen? amen? The army of God marching to the beat of a different drum. Tramp, 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 tramp. What is that sound I hear? What are those feet? They the sound of beautiful feet carrying the gospel, marching through the land, marching through America, from the Keys to Maine, from Maine to Seattle, from Seattle to San Diego, across the state of Alaska, even to the Aleutian chain, across the island of Hawaii, all throughout the Pacific, to American Samoa, to the island nation of Guam, and even, and even to Puerto Rico. Wherever the flag flies, God's not finished with America. People think, people think the church is dead. That religious stuff might be dead, but there's a live, vibrant church 
Why? Because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against and every single one of you are part of it. Every last single one of you are a part. I don't care where you live. I don't care what your education is. I don't care how much money you have or money you don't have. You can live in a high rise or a low rise, but the hand of God is on your life and this is your hour. This is your moment to carry the fire and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to shout it from the mountaintops and from the rooftop till the whole world knows how awesome Jesus is. And you will not just speak it in word, but your life will be the living proof of the gospel with signs, wonders, and miracles because you represent Jesus, the head of the church. He commanded you, go. He commanded you, speak. He commanded you that he would confirm. You go speak, I'll be with you. You go speak it out, I'll back you up. 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 He's going to back you up. I said he's going to back you up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is for everybody. Business people walking into meaning. And the power of God hits the whole place. And everybody wants to be involved in the business. They don't even know why. It's favor. It's the hand of God. So they say, we never met anybody like that. Wow. You honest? Why are you going to share with us some of the prophets? I never heard of anything like this. This is, this is beyond anything. Is this real? Are you real? Are you real? Church is helping one another. And we've already done that for 20 years. We trained 170 local churches to do what we do. There's churches all around the city that we have sent busloads without people to train them. Not one time did the pastor ever come here and think, not one time. So somebody said, you're doing that now? No. You can come to summer school of evangelism. Now I'm, we hit in the city. I mean, this is it now. I waited 20 years for everybody to get on board. Now I can't wait anymore. We just mapped the city out. We're going to take it. And we've even had other big churches call us and say, can you leave an area for us? I said, how do you do that? You put up a sign and say, this area is off limits to river people. This, this area belongs to the First Baptist Church or whatever. He said, go all world, preach gospel every creature. I'm sorry, the creatures there, we're going after them. We're taking territory. I said, we're taking territory. We're occupying until he comes. And every day when we get up, we energize the power. Here's the thing. Once you activate the power of the gospel in your life, you energize by the power of the gospel. You get up even in your business because you're taking the wealth of the wicked. So, boy, I'm telling you, today's going to be good. I'm going to give them opportunity to get saved. If they don't get saved, I'm taking all the money. I mean, look, hey, I'm going to give them an offer they can't refuse. I've shared this with you, but I want to do this and then we're going to pray. If it wasn't for history, then we could say we were just making stuff up. But the history, and I pick on this one country in Wales, Pastor Chris and Lois are from Wales, which is part of the UK, you know, Wales, Scotland, England. Ireland, and then, of course, that's divided with Northern Ireland. But Wales, very interesting, was shaken in two waves that hit. The one took place mid-1800s. I mentioned, I think, last night or the night before, one of the hymns was the... uh, the words to the hymn was the foolish world around me sage thinks I'm drunk or mad with rage drunk doubtless yes I'm drunken odd but drunken with the wine of God then in 1904 there was a young man about 26 years of age called Evan Roberts 
and he prayed and he prayed so loudly that they evicted him from the apartment complex where he was praying. That actually happened to Brainerd, who had the revival amongst the North American Indian tribe starting up in New York. He would go out in the snow and pray so hard, the snow melted around him. When you're out in the cold, how many know your body temperature can drop? When you pray fervently that the sweat and the heat from your body is melting snow, you must know you are praying fervently. Remember what I said the other night? The effectual fervent prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, makes tremendous power available. And so Evan Roberts prayed and he prayed that he was kicked out. Now that Welsh revival, I don't have one doubt, should have gone all over and hit the whole of the UK. But a woman who was sent by the devil named Jesse Penn Lewis, who wrote a book called War on the Saints, said that this thing was just a fleshly thing, it was emotional, and that, and he actually listened, because he was young, and he stopped the thing, and the thing pretty much ended after that. There were good things that came out of it, but she was, you know, older and influential, and she told him, no, you see that manifestation, that's not God, that's not God. And there are, there's fleshly manifestations all the time, but there's holy manifestations too. The devil's coming out. People don't know you've got to cast out a devil. Not every shaking is God. Some of it is a demon. Oh, I didn't know that. People think any manifestation is just automatically the Lord. It's not. It's not. What the Lord does is a, is a flow. And then if there's a manifestation that you feel a jar in the service, it's like drawing attention to itself. It needs to be curtailed. When God is doing it, it ripples through the place. Now, if you go stop everything, you stop the Holy Spirit. So but you have to teach. Somebody said, well, I felt the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but you, you were out of line. It didn't, it didn't enhance the service. It actually took away from the service because it drew attention to you. Yeah. So that whole thing stopped the Welsh Bible, but the Welsh Bible was... I'm going to just read to you, and I've done this before, and I'll read this till Jesus comes because this is part of history. This came out of a book called When the Fire Came Down, When the Heavens Were Rent, you know, and the Fire Came Down. And it's written in the old English. I love, I love it just for historic purposes, but there's a page and it says, The Sense of the Lord's Presence. It said, A sense of the Lord's presence was everywhere. It pervaded, nay, it created the spiritual atmosphere. It mattered not where one went. The consciousness of the reality of the nearness of God followed. Felt, of course, in the revival gatherings, it was by no means confined to them, which a lot of churches, we have to have revival and you get there, it's all manufactured, the structures, they shout fire, fire, there's no fire. It's like they could cut themselves with a knife, like the prophets of Baal, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's human energy, just stirring it up. There's no presence, the Lord, fabricated. You don't have to fabricate the anointing, it's real. The anointing's so real, it's like going home to your bed and you get the lamp and you unscrew the light bulb, put your finger in the socket, that's how real it is. Are you with me? It was felt in the homes. So picture this. On the whole of Hillsborough County, suddenly people start feeling God's power in their homes. They don't even know what it is. They have no clue, never felt this before. What happened to you? I don't know. I was in my house. I felt something come on me. It was felt in the homes, on the streets, in the mines and the factories, and even in the schools, even in the theaters and the drinking salons. 
The strange result was wherever people gathered became a place of awe, like ah, awe, awe, A-W-E, awe. And places of amusement and carousal were practically emptied, emptied. Many were the instances of men entering public houses, ordering drinks, and then turning on their heels and leaving them on the counters untouched. They, they, they ordered booze and, and just left it. They, some of them, huh, it goes on to say, the sense of the Lord's presence was such as practically to paralyze the arm that would raise the cup to the lips. So the guy's trying to get the booze to his mouth. <laughs> There's no preacher there. There's nobody balking stuff. Return, you burn, you repent. The, the invasion was the Holy Ghost, the unseen one. Football teams and the like were disbanded. Imagine, Tampa Buccaneers, done, done and dusted. Nobody want to play. Their members finding greater joy in the testimony of the Lord's grace than in games. Even now in the Welsh people, it's customary at the big rugby matches to sing hymns. They still sing hymns from the great Welsh revival. They'll be drinking booze and singing the hymns, but they still do it because it's in their culture. In 1906, there was a test rugby match between two uh, uh, nations. Two years after the Welsh revival, they were singing the hymns as they did. The power of God hit the field. All the players knelt down. Every player, it interrupted an international test rugby match. People are not that far away from another great spiritual awakening. Just like that. The devil cannot stop what is coming, ladies and gentlemen. I see the cloud might have been on the horizon as the size of a man's hand, but you better get ready because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain upon this land. It's not a move of man. It's got nothing to do with man. You can't get around a table to talk about it. You can't even plan or strategize for it. You better just batten down the hatches and you better get your spirit right and you'll be a part of it. If you try to touch it, you'll die. You don't touch the ark, you leave it alone. This is directed by the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. I came to America as a missionary for this moment. This church was built for this final hour. That's why the river exists. That's why God sent me. He sent me here because there's coming another great spiritual awakening. I don't care what any religious leaders say. I have, I'm not even interested. I know what the spirit of God told me and we will see it before the return of the king. This land shall be shaken to the very foundation and the very core. And every one of you will be a part of it. The 300 millionaires that God's raising up, the evangelists that God's raising up, the pastors that God's raising up, the pit bottoms and the galleries became places of prayer and praise where miners gathered to worship ere they dispersed to the several store. Even the children of the daycare came under the spell of God. Story would be told how they would gather in any place they could. They would sing and pray in the most impressive fashion. A very pretty story is that of a child of a four years old in an infant class who held up his hand to call the teacher's attention. Teacher says, well, A, Required, inquired the teacher, what is it? Swift and telling came these words. Please, teacher, do you love Jesus? That was all. Nay, it was not all. The arrow reached its mark. Then, then the teacher came to the Lord, and it's only been a year or so since the death that ended her great 
missionary career in India from a four-year-old. That four-year-old had more power than all of the religious leaders. Do you understand? Why does God do it? Because he makes a mockery. He makes, God makes a mockery. God said he will use the foolish things in the world to confound the wise. I counted an honor to be exhibit A of a foolish thing. And I'm honored and have been called that by multiples. And I wear the badge with honor. This all-pervading sense of the presence of the Lord was felt among the children. Perhaps maybe further illustrated by a story from a place called Ros, R-H-O-S. Someone heard one little child ask another one, do you know what happened at Ros? No, I don't. Well, Sunday comes every day now. Do you know what happened? No, I don't. Why? Jesus came to live here. These are kids talking. These are children speaking. That's why we have the Fire Kids Week and the Fire Youth Week. Because we take kids, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. We take 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And we take the three to fives, the babies, and put the fire gone on them. When they're born in the fire, they will not stand the smell of smoke. And another generation is rising. What will we do with the others? We try to put the new wine in the old wineskin. But some, it's so hard because they will never give up. They won't give up their fetishes. They won't give up their idols. They won't give up that which they learned. It was instilled with them in the spiritual institutions because to get this you have to humble yourself and you have to come as though you're a child the power of the gospel you will be criticized you'll be mocked you'll be scorned at you'll be ostracized you'll be socially distanced not from the world that come running, but religion. Religion hates what I'm talking about now. And it should, because this will destroy religion to the core. Religion is like embalming fluid on a corpse. Religion is man's vain attempt to reach God, but Christianity is God reaching man through the person of Jesus Christ. And he's alive. He's alive. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. As I sense the Spirit of God so overwhelmingly here this morning, it's been my prayer that God would invade Hillsborough County, the city of Tampa, and that he would shake everything that could be shaken. There won't be room in the churches to fit the people. We're not the only church, but the churches that will spring up will be holy churches, and churches that are not ashamed, not ashamed of the Spirit of God. You're standing a moment in history, ladies and gentlemen, on this the 29th day of May, 2022, a pivotal moment, and God has you here for a purpose, because he wants to use every single one of you. So for the purpose of those that watch by way of television around the world, and you that are here today, I want to give an invitation. Maybe you came here today, you've never ever given your life to the Lord, maybe you tuned in today. You've never ever said, Jesus, come be my Lord and Savior. Friend, what would happen if you died today? Where would you spend eternity? Your life could just suddenly be ended. And then where would you go? I want you to know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. 
You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath their flood, lose all the guilty stain. Today, the power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come in here one way, but you leave another way. He calls you. Will you surrender to him? You feel the tug at your heart. You that are watching at home, you feel the pull of heaven at your heart. And he calls you. Will you surrender? Will you say, yes, Lord Jesus? He'll never force himself on you. He only comes where he's wanted. But you might never have another opportunity. This day, your life could be required of you. Maybe you hear, you're watching. You say, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost that first love, that passion, that joy that I once had. There was a time when my life was alive with the power of the gospel, but it's gone. I need it back, Pastor. I have to get it back. Good news. You came to the right place. Will you surrender your life afresh? Maybe something hidden. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust. The hidden things that clog the heart of man. Will you let it go? Maybe something outward that everyone could see. It's time to come back. It's time to say, yes, Lord. He calls you. He calls you today. He loves you. He says, come. He says, come. Maybe you're here. You're watching. You gave your life to the Lord, but a, a storm came. A storm came just like it comes to everybody. And even though this conference called unshakable, it shook you. A sudden divorce, bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job, something happened. Rocked your world, knocked the wind out of your sails. God wants to restore you now. Acts 3.19 in the Amplified, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out at the times of refreshing of recovering from the effects of the heat, of reviving with fresh air, will come from the presence of the Lord. He, he's standing with arms wide open. He says, come, 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 come. And then lastly, maybe you here, you're watching in your homes. You gave your life to the Lord, but you're not sure of your salvation. The devil's always lying to you, telling you that you're not saved. But today, you want to make sure, if this is you, right where you are, I want to pray with you and for you. Quickly, without any hesitation whatsoever, put your hand up right now and say, pray for me. Raise it up and say, pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put it up high. Thank you. Even in your homes, even in your homes, put your hand up. Some said, nobody can see me. The Lord's right there. Put up high. Say, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, I surrender now. I surrender now. Once you've raised, you can put it down. I want you to look at me right now. If you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer, we're going to pray right now. Quickly. Just put your hand up and say, don't forget me. Put your hand up. your hand. I want all those that have raised your hand, if you would stand, please, all across the field. Stand. Stand. This is total surrender today. I want you to come from where you are and come stand right here quickly. You have to humble yourself. Come. Come right now. I have to follow Jesus. To follow 
have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Now listen, don't don't run right now because we're gonna we're gonna have communion together, which is very important. After communion, then you can go. I want you to miss that. That's very important. You know, sometimes people they always judge people that come to the altar. I've been in churches where the pastor's a pastor of Assemblies of God Church, 29 years, and his wife came forward. He's like, oh my God. And, and when we were at lunch after, he said, he said, why did you go for a front? I mean, it's like really embarrassing. In 29 years, you've been married to me and I'm a pastor, I preach. She said, I never, ever really, I finally realized I never surrendered. I've had preachers come forward. So I never judge people coming in the altar, never, ever, never. Never. You know, if you judge somebody coming in the altar, then that means you should have been in the altar. The pastor was embarrassed. Like, oh my God. He said, I preached. She said, yeah, but you no know, anointing, nothing hit me. And besides that, she lives with him. She know it's not alive. That's how you can tell. Let me, and I'm not saying this, I'm not even bragging on myself, I'm just telling you, you can ask my wife. And she loves me, obviously, for 40 years married to me. But she's seen the hand of God. She's seen the hand of God in our house. The children, they know. They know. Because that's where it begins. It begins in your home. Are you with me? What really irks me, not here at the river, but in the American church, is if you give an altar call, people start leaving. I hate that with every fiber in my being because this is somebody's mother, somebody's father, somebody's brother, somebody's aunt, somebody's uncle that they've been praying for and you have no respect that you can walk out. Would you do it if it was your mother? If it was your mother, you'd be bawling your eyes out. Like the kids said, they just had their first Thanksgiving together as a family. He never had a family from the age of 12. When your mother gets saved, you're not thinking about lunch. These are holy. And let me tell you, that's why the American church sees very little of the power of God because they're very irreverent to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not going to be played with. He's not a trophy that you just bring out 
for what you call a revival, which is not. The only thing, revival is the word revival, but there ain't no revival, it's a bunch of hot air with a band going and some little slick jean guy up there giving some hashtags and selling a t-shirt. Gag me with a spoon. I hate it. The religion of the Pentecostals is as damnable as the religion of all these secret churches that's out there. It's the same, it's just all a modern version of something that will choke the life out of you like a giant python. And I'm not angry. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. This is what grieves the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So stretch your hand out towards them. Everyone that's come standing in, those of you in your home that watch by way of television, I want you to lift your hands in your home. We're going to pray one prayer. One prayer for us all. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. I want you to close your eyes and pray this out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I surrender my life to you today. You said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So right now, I publicly confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior and that you have come in the flesh and today I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. From this day, I'm yours. You are mine. I turn my back on the world. Use me, Lord. And take me. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now lift those hands and let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit. Then on that day, not one will be missing. Not one shall be missing. That on that day, they will hear these words, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter thou the Lord, enter the joy of the Lord. Use them in a mighty way, I pray. Be about them as a water fire. No harm and evil will come nigh to them. Let them bring many souls into the kingdom. And I thank you for that. Right now, I take every one of them and put them in the hands of the mighty Holy Spirit. And from this day, you would use them. It's like you took me as a young boy from Africa, around the world. I thank you that you will take them and use them. I break every spirit of witchcraft. I break every curse off of them. I set them free from drugs, alcohol, every addiction to any synthetic. And I break the spirit of pharmacia off of them as well. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown, or for additional resources, visit revival.com.